For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. Welcome to Imani State of Mind. Before we get started, I think this is a great time to take a deep breath in. And let's take a deep breath out. We made it to the end of another week and that is worth celebrating. So before we get started, let's also celebrate my co-host and partner in crime, Meg. Meg, what's going on with you? Girl, it's been a busy week because my oldest started preschool. So, you know, I'm trying to keep it together over here. Oh. Oh, wow. I'm sad, girl. I'm sad. He's four, he's almost four. He started preschool. Ugh. Well, I mean, in a way, I mean, the thing about it is now that you, you get like a little bit more time to yourself. True. And it is it is kind of weird in terms of like... Because at that age, like your your son is basically like a tall baby, and, and you know what <laughs> I'm saying. A good like, way to put it, yeah. yeah, he's like a tall baby. And for me, like it really wasn't until like yesterday I was sitting around thinking I was like, oh my god, like my son is like he like almost grown, like he got hair on his face, his voice is all deep. So I'm kind of <laughs> really looking forward to him like turning in like turning into like becoming like a full-fledged adult so i'm actually really kind of like excited about that um but does that does any of that make you a little bit sad though it used to but i think yesterday i was like okay it's like like imani you fine like this is fine like this is actually the goal (laughs) like you want to have created like a human being that went on to be like a really awesome adult and he's awesome. So I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm almost done. Well, not really, because I'll always pretty much be a parent, even when he's like 30. Um, but yeah, I was just like, you know what? Like, you about, you know, like, get your adults on. Not fully, but, you know, start to become yeah. to to enter into your adultness. So, so I'm... Um, I mean, I do understand like your trepidation, but it's also, it's actually like a really, a really cool time. Yeah. I mean, it was so like, he's, I was going to say, cause like when you're, as you're saying this, I'm thinking like, okay, like it's bittersweet. Cause of course I want him to grow up to be a wonderful man. But at the same time, like, you know, he came home talking about responsibilities, mom, uh, you have suspense. I was like, oh no, I'm happy. Like, okay. You kind of know what that means, but you can't even say the word. How cute. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know. No, that's that's super cute. Uh, I'm trying to think about what words my son would like saying get kind of incorrect, but I like responsibilities. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm going to use that for my own thing. I mean, it's funny because you mentioned like, you know, your son's getting bigger. Like you feel like the time is flying by. I definitely feel like this month is flying by. And sure. I feel like I like I feel like it was June, like literally like three days ago. And now it's August. And now everybody's talking about everyone's talking about like, oh, it's about to be fall, like pumpkin spice and and Halloween and all this other stuff. So um, <laughs> like so, already, you know, I'm just, like, uh, I know, already? I know I'm not even <laughs> really that into pumpkin spice, but. Oh, I am. I'm one of those people. I'm like, ooh, pumpkin spice latte season is here. I'm all of that. Oh, oh. (laughs) well, it's interesting, too, because as the seasons change, you know, our moods can change. And as our moods change, that also means that we can, you know, start to experience some changes in our mental health, our mental well-being. We're going to be talking about anxiety today, um, which is something that I am very intimately familiar with Mm -hmm. as far as me and my anxiety. And thank God I haven't been having any panic attacks recently. Um, But we're going to be talking about that today. Okay, I'm I'm glad that we're talking about this, Imani, because I'll be honest with you, I don't really understand anxiety. Like, I'm not saying it. I know it's real. I just don't I don't get it. So I'm glad we're having this conversation. Oh yeah, no, we we gonna get into it. I I know it very well. Me and anxiety are super tight. We are kind of drifting apart a little bit, which is okay because that's what you know <laughs> friends do. <laughs> yep, um, yep. But but we but I definitely I can 
I can fill you in on everything and anything anxiety. So that being said, we want to remind everybody who is a listener and a fan of the show that if you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast apps. So let's get into the show with Ask Dr. Imani Anything. It's time for Ask Dr. Imani Anything. I love hearing from you guys. Tell me what's on your mind. What are you struggling with? We are here to help. Meg, who is our first letter from today? It is from Jackson. And let me tell you what he writes. He goes, hey, ladies, I recently started to listen to your show with my girlfriend and her mom. I am not afraid to admit that I love listening to you ladies. Thank you, Jackson, because we love people listening to us. The show on self-care sparked up a conversation with my girlfriend's mom, and she told me that my girlfriend is bipolar. Her mother asked me not to tell my girlfriend. She told me. She also said she thought I should know sooner than later. I'm actually not upset she's bipolar. However, I am upset she felt she couldn't tell me herself. I don't know anything about the disorder except what I see from Kanye. I plan to do my research, but I would really like to ask my girlfriend a few questions about her disorder. How do I bring up the conversation with my girlfriend without throwing her mom under the bus? Okay, Jackson, first of all, hi, and thank you for your letter. This is actually a really good letter because, I mean, here's the thing, Jackson. First of all, I love the fact that you are really accepting of the fact that your girlfriend has a mental disorder, has bipolar disorder, and that it's not really like tripping you out. What I would say to you is that I don't really know how to broach the topic with your girlfriend without saying like, hey, it just so happened that your mom let me know that you have bipolar disorder. But I would I would definitely like immediately go into a statement like, you know, just so you know, I'm not judging you like it's totally fine with me. I just want to know what types of things you may experience. What are some things that, you know, I might need to look out for? So I would, I would kind of just, honestly, I would kind of just be honest with your girlfriend. Like she's your girlfriend. Honesty is always the best policy. Communication is key when it comes to relationships. So I would, you know, honestly, I wouldn't say that you're throwing her mom under the bus, but I would just say, I would say that, yes, your mom did tell me, but I'm really interested to learn more about what you experienced so that I can support you. Imani, that's not going to work. You know why? 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 Because that could possibly be his like his future mother-in-law one day and like that might that might have irreversible damage to their son-in-law mother-in-law relationship but how she might be like i'm not telling him nothing else because now me my daughter mad at me because i told him but the mom shouldn't i don't think that but the mom really shouldn't like you know what i'm saying like if you're gonna say that as a mom right so i'm just kind of like the mom messed up she she shouldn't she shouldn't have said that because that's her daughter you know what i'm saying what if her and the dude don't work out but that's what i'm saying you you don't want to mess them their relationship up because yes her mom shouldn't have said nothing but she did right so, so now that your mother-in-law told you right but what is so what is he supposed to say uh hey girl this is um, okay so this is what I, I would do okay okay i'd be like oh my gosh you see this stuff about kanye is he bipolar mm-hmm. bipolar that looks so crazy. If mm-hmm. I knew anybody with, I don't know nothing about like being bipolar, but I feel like 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 I would say a statement that's like, is like is being bipolar crazy? I feel like we should have more resources about this because I don't think everyone that's bipolar probably acts like that. Like I play real stupid, right? Okay, just okay. saying a bunch of stuff about being bipolar, like. Because, you know, I think bipolar, I think that's okay. You know, it's just maybe he just needs help or maybe he just needs some medication or somebody to listen. But I don't I don't think it's bad at all. I don't think it's an issue. And and actually, I think if if that was a situation with you and I and I was bipolar, like I would want you to know, I would tell you about it. Okay. I would do all those kinds of things to the point where she'd be like, do you know something? Wait, no. Why? What do you mean? Okay. That's exactly what that's a good option. I guess I'm not really good with that. I'm just like, so listen, your mom told me that she was bipolar. And here's the thing. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say whether it, whether what she should have done, you know, whether it was good or bad. But like, I'm cool with it. So like, you know, let's talk about it. But I'm, I, but I'm real confrontational. Like, I don't really care. Right. But right. I also understand. I also understand that I need to get outside of myself sometimes <laughs> and not everybody is as confrontational as me. Cause I'm like, Hey, hold up. What, what'd you say? Tell me what you said again. Like, that's me. 
So I You're I, like, no. And his his question's like, how do I do this? I throw my mom under the bus. I'm like, I don't like, know. No, we're throwing your mom <laughs> under the bus. And then, like, but I just don't I just don't really see it as throwing her under the bus. I'm like, her mom was I mean, it's kinda like, I don't know, like her mom was kinda was not kinda, but her mom was dead ass wrong for telling you that. But she was. Cause think about yeah. it. I mean, what if your mom told Peter something that you was like, Mom, you know you're not supposed to tell him that. And I mean, then, she like, be telling him anyway. But I think that's probably why I don't even trip, because she just be like, So let me tell you. I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're gonna talk about it now. So here we are. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So Jackson, if you want to be honest and truthful, use my method. If you want to lie, yes. I'm just kidding. If you, <laughs> I'm just playing with you. If you, if, but if you want to, you know, broach the topic, I guess in a nicer, more, less confrontational way, then use Meg's way. I would say, Jackson, if you a confrontational person like me, just, just do what I told you to do. If, but if it sounds like you more so want to like smooth, like, you know, you want to like slide into it and be like, yo, so... Kanye be tripping, right? Like, oh, what's up with this bipolar disorder? So, yeah. There you go. You should probably go with Megan's advice. But mine is actually more correct. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It it's is, it's, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. But but at the end of the day, your girlfriend's mom was, was dead wrong. But there's was. but this Agreed. is a good way to clean it up. So so hopefully, Jackson, that really, that really helped you. Mm-hmm. Now we have another letter. Yes, our next letter comes from a listener by the name of Star. Star says, what up, Dr. Imani? I need your help. I'm worried about my mother. During the pandemic, my mother's behavior had a drastic shift. She started isolating herself from the rest of the family. And when she would come out, she would tell the same stories over and over or would tell a story completely different than how the story actually happened. She started to become paranoid about everything and claims the rest of the family is ganging up on her all the time. I really want her to go get checked out to make sure she's okay and doesn't have any mental disorder we should know about. When I express my concerns, she tells me to mind my business and that nothing is wrong with her. She is much more argumentative now as well, so it's hard to bring my observations and concerns to her. How do I go about getting her to get evaluated? And from your professional opinion, what are your initial thoughts on her behavior? So, Star, thank you for your letter. This also is a really good question, and it reminds me of a conversation I actually had with a patient yesterday. Mm. I have a patient who, obviously, I'm treating, and as some of you know, some of you may not know, when it comes to certain mental um, mental illnesses, there is a genetic disposition, meaning that uh, certain mental disorders can run in families. So this particular patient that I was speaking with has bipolar disorder. And when I initially started discussing her symptoms with her, she had said to me, oh my God, this sounds a lot like my mom. So that being said, what also stuck out to me about your letter is that my patient told me that her mother has also been experiencing similar symptoms like uh, isolating herself or self-isolation. And just as far as like, being paranoid, being really anxious. Now, I'm looking through your letter. Now, let me just say, Star, this is based upon your letter. I obviously don't know your mom. I couldn't really give you like a definitive diagnosis, but I will kind of tell you the symptoms that kind of stick out to me. So you said that your mother's behaviors had a drastic shift. So let's just say that those, that could possibly be mood swings. You also say that your mother started isolating herself and that she, your mom has been telling uh, the same stories over and over or would tell a story completely different than how the story actually happened. So that might be evidence of some delusions. Also, you say that your mother has become paranoid and claims the family is ganging up on her. And also one last thing at towards the end, you mentioned that your mother is now more argumentative. So it sounds like your mom has some issues with paranoia maybe some delusions, some irritability, and some mood swings. I would kind of put this in the category of your mom uh, possibly experiencing a mood disorder. Maybe your mother's experiencing depression. Your mother could be experiencing, I would say on the lower end of the scale, generalized anxiety disorder. Your mother could be experiencing anxiety or is experiencing anxiety because of all this paranoid ideation or paranoid thoughts she's having um, about your family ganging up on her. I would kind of put this more so over into either depressive uh, depression with maybe some psychosis or psychotic features involved, or maybe your mother's having 
mood swings that could and that could best be described um, by bipolar disorder, possibly with psychotic features as well. But to answer your question, your true question, Star, you asked, how do I go about getting her evaluated? Honestly, your mother would either have to want to be evaluated, so your mother would voluntarily agree to be evaluated, or if your mother, hopefully not, at some point ever becomes a danger to herself, meaning that she is not feeding herself, clothing herself, uh, and your mother is unable to like provide a plan for her self-care. Like, Let's say she decides that she doesn't want to live at home. She wants to live on the street, maybe, and that that's that's kind of um, that's kind of reaching. But if if for some reason your mother's home starts to become like get to a state where it's uninhabitable um, and it's dangerous for her to stay there, that could be uh, considered danger to self. That could be considered what's known as grave disability. So grave disability meaning that your mother is unable to provide a plan for her, like for her care, as far as where she's going to live. Um, and then also if your mother starts to become, and this is this is hypothetical, let's say your mother starts to become so anxious and paranoid that she starts to lash out at other people physically, that would mean that she is a danger to others. One of the things to look out for as far as your mother is if your mother has any thoughts of wanting to harm herself, and that's known as a danger to self. Um, also, if your mother is unable to provide a plan for her self-care, meaning she's unable to provide a plan for where she plans on living, if her if the living conditions at her home are poor and they're dangerous, if your mother's unable to provide food or clothing to herself, that is known as ha- being gravely disabled. And also, if your mother is potentially lashing out at other people and maybe like, you know, trying to harm them because she may be paranoid. Those three factors, danger to self, danger to others, or grave disability are all the requirements for um, a 72-hour psychiatric hold in California. I don't know where you reside, Star, but they pretty much um, are similar from state to state. If your mother starts to experience any of those issues, then that is grounds for your mother to potentially be placed on an involuntary psychiatric hold, which means that your mother would need to be evaluated within 72 hours in California, at least, by a psychiatrist. So... To answer your question, Star, it's either your mother is willing and able to accept that maybe she has mental illness and be evaluated voluntarily, like she's like, okay, bet, let's go to the doctor's appointment, or things get so grave and serious that she's not and she has to be evaluated on an emergent basis. So I hope that that answers your question. You know, in in a lot of these cases, a lot of people can keep it together. So it's very difficult to have someone involuntarily evaluated. But maybe, Star, if you talk to your mother more and more, that she'll be able to kind of understand your concerns. But I don't know. Meg, what do you think? Girl, I don't have no opinion on this because <laughs> this sounds very like this is a real. No, I'm over here listening to your advice. Like, oh yeah, what are you supposed to do for something like that? Um, that makes sense. But I did want to ask you a question about something that Star said about her mom, which was that she said she tells the same stories over and over, and then like basically her events of what happened are different. Is that particular trait? included in any kind of diagnosis or is that basically like you have you know like you're getting old you like to tell the same story or yeah you know you what what is what is that a part of like what diagnosis is that a part of it could be a bunch of different things i mean sometimes people like sometimes when people get uh very psychotic it's hard for them to think clearly um, so her thoughts may be uh, what's called disorganized, and it, that may have to do with it. I don't know Star's mom or how old she is. You know, maybe her mom is exhibiting potentially some symptoms of dementia. I don't know. Okay. Um, or, 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 you know, telling a story completely differently than how the story actually occurred could be evidence of a delusion. Like her mom has a belief that this is how the story went when there were other people there to corroborate the story. And they were like, that is not what happened. That particular part of this letter could fit under various diagnoses. So it's not necessarily isolated to like a mood disorder or depression or, you know, bipolar disorder. Yeah. But that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you, Jackson, and thank you, Star, for submitting your questions. I hope we were able to help you guys. Today's questions really got me thinking about how I want the show to continue to be the conversation starter surrounding mental health in the Black community. As we continue our stories on our realities, I want to talk about the realities of anxiety. It seems like everyone is anxious more than ever nowadays. So let's figure out how to manage it together right after the break. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on, oh. a, on it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh, yeah. You've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is, like, I think my, my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, eh. Um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his 
for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Welcome back. I want to dive right into the topic of anxiety today. Over the first 58 days of the COVID-19 pandemic, there were an estimated 3.4 million Google searches. 3.4 million Google searches related to anxiety in the United States. That is a huge number. And that's why I said it twice. Anxiety is among the most common mental health condition. Yet Black people fear mental health stigma. And again, like we mentioned before, with postpartum depression and grief, they avoid treatment. So look, I have been anxious pretty much my entire life. What does that mean when you say anxious? Like So Anxious could, like a lot of people, a lot of people know what anxiety is, but as far as like, you know, as a mental health professional, I will ask people, you know, do you ever feel really nervous? Do you ever feel like the walls are closing in on you? Or like you feel a sense of impending doom? Is it hard for you to breathe sometimes and it just kind of comes out of nowhere? Those are kind of the questions that I ask patients. I have said, you know, a long time, for a long time that I've had anxiety. I didn't really know that I had anxiety until I was an adult. But I really remember, like, I distinctly remember being a little kid and freaking out if I lost something. And I now know it's because my mother and my father, my biological father, they were together. And then one day my dad was just gone. And me losing like a pencil or like a shoe or a sock would send me into this frenzy because it basically was was a reminder that my dad mm. had just up and like left and and I and okay. I didn't know where he was. So okay. for me, my anxiety really started at that point. And then it just kind of got worse. I would come up with really strange like mechan like like coping mechanisms like I gotta get straight A's because if I get straight A's and everything's perfect, then I'm perfect. And then, you know, I I shouldn't have to worry about anything. Even like right now, like my boyfriend was driving my car. I mean, I was in the car like a couple days ago and I was like, I was like, you know, you don't have to do 35 like this. You can actually go up to 40. And I was, I was anxious that he was going too slow. Like just, I mean, girl, just, just, I mean, dumb shit. Like what, like what feeling did you get? Like, like because he was going too slow. Like, I just, it, it's like a feel, it's like a feeling of like, like, I got to do something. Like, I like, I like, I want to jump. Like, I just wanted to be like, okay, like if I weren't, like, I, I want to take over. Like, I want to take charge. Like, you doing this wrong. Let me do it. If I do, if see, I do okay, it, it'll so, be better. Okay. So I'm glad you said that because I think that's why I have a hard time understanding it. Because to me, like, just listening to you say that sounds like you're impatient, right? It's, yeah. It sounds like you're impatient because you just like to go fast. You like to get to where you're going. You in New York and let's go. Right. You know, yeah. I wouldn't think that that's anxiety. To a degree. Like it's like, it's, that may not be, okay. That may not be the best example, but I think, so a couple months ago, I don't know if I share this on the podcast, but this was right before I started back taking Prozac and I had this, like, I was just having a really bad weekend. Me and my boyfriend went to Vegas. It was a mess. I should have probably thought about my anxiety getting worse when we went because I really don't like crowds, like, like that many people around me. Um, It just makes me really uncomfortable. Like, it just makes me, it, it sometimes it, it makes me, like, I like, 
I feel like I want to crawl out of my skin. And that's something I hear patients tell me too. Like, I just want to crawl out of my mm-hmm. skin. Like, I just, like, I just, like, it, it, it's just, it's like a feeling that you just want everything to just stop. And you want as much space as possible because it's just difficult to think. It's just difficult to think or breathe or just function. Like it's it's just a really it's a very uncomfortable feeling. Some people get hot. Okay. Um, some people get dizzy. I've I've definitely experienced both. But anxiety mm. is something that is natural. I mean, everyone experiences anxiety. It's it's definitely connected with our fight or flight response. That has to do with our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Basically, anxiety is our brain's way of telling us that we need to be alert and we need to be aware of our surroundings and we may even need to like run away. But the problem, Mm, though, is that when you experience a traumatic event and you're not in a situation where you're in harm's way or you're in danger, but your brain believes that you are. And so Mm. you end up basically like freaking out, like having like sometimes some people have panic attacks. um, And I definitely have where you're just like, oh, my God, like you just it's basically like imagine if if a lion was chasing you, but Mm -hmm. but there's no lion and you're not running. (laughs) And that's and that that's anxiety. Okay, you can fix that with medication or that's something like you have to talk through to see where it came from. Uh, both. You can definitely, okay. like, anxiety can definitely be lessened with medication. Um, anxiety can definitely be lessened with uh, talk therapy or psychotherapy. With some people, if they combine both, they will get an even, like, greater or cumulative response. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I take medication. I have had therapy in the past, but... I just, I mean, right, personally, I feel good on my medication for anxiety. I take Prozac and it really, really helps, really, really, really helps me. I also, like, I was actually talking to um, my boyfriend, Peter, the other day. He, we we were just talking about, like, racial disparities and, like, racial inequities. Mm-hmm. And he got, like, really upset. And I was telling him, I was like, listen, like, it's... We as Black folks deal with so much trauma when it comes to racism. And it's no surprise that when we get, like, I mean, Black folks, when we get to hit like 35, 40, a lot of us are starting to experience like high blood pressure. Some of, sometimes Mm -hmm. high blood pressure can be familial. Like sometimes in your family, you may just have like, you know, a family history of having high cholesterol, which means that your, sometimes your arteries can get clogged with cholesterol, which means those arteries narrow, which means that more blood needs to be pumped, which means that your, your blood pressure can go up, which means that your anxiety can go up. Like if it's kind of like, like I said, like if, if if a line is chasing you and you're running and then Mm -hmm. let's say all of a sudden you stop, but like you still think the lion's chasing you and you still feel like you need to run, that that's really how anxiety feels like. But for a lot mm-hmm. of Black folks, we just deal with so much racial trauma over the course of our lifetimes. And we deal with microaggressions and sometimes macroaggressions on a daily basis that we're in yep. a constant state of of like, who do I have to fight? Like what's about to happen? Like that type of thing. So it's, um, yeah. you know, we, we really get an unfair share of of just being predisposed to being anxious, whether it runs in our families or not. And then getting the label of like angry black woman. Yeah. Well, right. And so I, I told people, I'm like, listen, um, I have a right to be angry. You would be angrier. <laughs> if you, like, yeah. if you, I, I mean, I told somebody white one day a while ago, I was like, if you woke up one day and had to deal with all the shit I have to deal with on a daily basis, like you would like case in point um what's the name carolyn dunham bryant that old white woman she's 88 she blind and has cancer but but the the folks in mississippi decided to not execute the arrest warrant like that to me is crazy for for emmett till like are you kidding me this is still a warrant it's still an active warrant which means you do have to serve it so why would you be like Oh, she's blind. She's got cancer, guys. Emmett Till's death was a long time ago. We'll just let this one slide. Yeah. Like what? Exactly. I mean, there's, <laughs> when we're dealing with racial trauma, when, you, we're, when we're dealing with the type of racial trauma that 
obviously, well, physical trauma that led to the death of Emmett Till, but also the racial trauma that we've all experienced since he was killed in the 50s. And we have to deal with that. Like, we have to tell our kids that. Like, that's traumatic for our kids. We got to walk around with that. Something that um, one of the... um, I think uh, this person was a pastor or like a religious leader in the community said that after the grand jury decided not to execute the arrest warrant for this this old white woman who lied on Emmett Till, he had said, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but it's expected. And that's that really hit home to me. Like, it's expected. Yeah. Like, we have been wanting... I mean, we deserve equity. We deserve just to be treated as human beings. But time after time, it's like we we know what we should be getting, but then we also know the reality of what we're probably not going to get. Yeah. And that 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 is enough to bring anxiety. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Even with my son, like I can probably count one day this year where he was like, I'm going to go walking by myself outside, like down the street. Because he's just like, yo, like I'm safe in my house. Like I'm not trying to walk around here with like, you know, locks, being black, you know, in a in a mostly white neighborhood and, you know, go to the store and, you know, worry about like, oh, is somebody going to try to run up on me? And like, you know, am I going to come back home? So that, you know, and granted, I have anxiety um, he has a little bit of anxiety, but it's not as as bad as mine in any way. But I mean, that's why I was saying, even if you don't have, even if someone doesn't have a genetic predisposition to being anxious, just being black yeah. is going to bring with it anxiety. And so yeah. it's 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 a mess. I mean, not not to even mention like like I remember when Summer Walker, I think this was like last year, the year before, she was like, yo, I don't want to um the singer Summer Walker. She was like, you know, I, I have social anxiety. I'm not really, you know, that great with being around people and being on stage. And people mocked her. Like, people really, like, you know, yeah. said a lot of terrible things to her. Like, oh, well, you a singer, so you should just sing. And and it's like, well, damn, like, I, I mean, she can sing, but that She's doesn't mean a that- person. Right? Like, that <laughs> right, doesn't mean- first. Yeah, like, that doesn't mean that she can't be anxious sometimes. Like, I was like, damn, yeah. y'all, y'all are cold-blooded. <laughs> yeah, she was saying how like, you know, she was like, not me, but I can understand why people want to commit suicide. Here I am telling you that I have social anxiety. Like it gives me, like I feel a certain way when I'm around people. So I, I can't do this show today or whatever. Right. She's like, I understand why people will want to commit suicide because of y'all's bullying. And that's so sad. And it's it's also, like I said, like I think it comes from people don't understand that it's a real thing. That's why I ask you those questions. Like, what does it feel like? Like what? What, how is, like, what is anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Because I I can understand why, like, people don't, people think that it's something that's just in your head. It's not real. It's imagined. Right. Yeah. Like, like what happened with her. She's like, it's real, guys. This is what's happening to me. I'm trying to explain it to you. I'm trying to tell you. Right. So, and then people are like, very unfortunate. Yeah. She's like, I'm trying to explain it to you. And then people are like, oh, are you? Maybe you should go sing a song. Like, damn. Right. Like, you know what? Then I'm not going to sing no more. I'd be like, you know, I'm not going to sing no songs. I'm going to only sing to people who support me and all of y'all who don't (laughs) can can get a bag of decks. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what she said, but that's what I was (laughs) That's what I would say. Um, You know, you had mentioned as far as like black women and, you know, this kind of unfortunate, pervasive belief that we are always okay. And we've actually perpetuated that, unfortunately. And that's, you know, that's for a lot of reasons. I mean, when you live in a society that is dominated by white supremacy and just whiteness, and when I say whiteness, I mean, you know, everything inclusive of making someone believe that, making someone believe in the stereotypes that that white people have historically placed upon us. Like, oh, we I'm a black person, I'm a black woman, like I can handle anything. And honestly, we learned in COVID that not only can we not handle everything, sometimes we don't need to handle anything. Okay. Exactly. And that yeah. goes for anybody. And that's why when um Naomi Naomi Osaka came out and she was like, listen, like I got bad anxiety, like real talk. Like yeah. I'm real good at tennis, but I got bad anxiety and I need to take a break. And I was like, girl, yes. 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 Thank you. Do you. Do you. Take like, a break. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, I think 
people were a little more open to that. But initially it was like, oh, okay, so you just going to walk away from tennis right now? She was like, well, I'm not walking away from it completely. I just need to make sure that I'm okay so I can ultimately perform and do the things that I love. Because when you have anxiety, you don't have the motivation to really do like it's hard it's hard for you to muster up the strength let's say and the motivation to do the things that even you like to do because you're just so like anxiety can really make you feel like you're stuck like you can't move like I want to do this but I'm just physically not comfortable moving from this spot because I don't know what's going to happen. Like I like like you just you you feel like you're in a constant state of free fall and it's 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 really uncomfortable. But yeah, I just you know, we were talking a little bit about Carolyn Dunham Bryant earlier and you know, it's just just speaking about Naomi Osaka and you know, black women and you know, we we have it all and we can do all this. But when it comes to white women, it's like you know, it's it's like this white, you know, the white woman on a yeah. pedestal. Uh, type of theory like oh well she you know like oh well she got her feelings hurt so she can't deal with anything today versus like we get our feelings hurt on a daily basis thank you even like (laughs) even we get our feelings hurt reading about other people who are black who have suffered injustices and inequities and we're supposed to deal with it but yeah okay whatever because that's what i'm saying if you if you if you flip that whole situation and emmett till was the Catherine, whatever they've done of her, mm-hmm. let's Carolyn say she Dunham, died. Carolyn Dunham Bryant. Yes. Let's say she died <laughs> right. a horrific death mm-hmm. in the fifties. And the search warrant was found for Emmett Till, who was 80 some years old, blind with cancer. What you think they're going to do with Emmett at 80? Please listen. I said last week, I was like, okay, so y'all need to execute that that arrest warrant because the in back right. okay, in June, two months ago in Germany, this man, he was a Nazi general. And he is girl, he is 101. You know, not only did they did they find him, arrest him, they put his ass on trial. He is in jail for five years. He's hey, 101. You got to live your life. So guess what? This is how you're going to close it out. Right. And that's exactly what should happen it, with her. Exactly. Right. But here we are in this country and whatever. I'm just. And, and you know, as you're talking about this, like I'm getting, I, I, I'm starting to understand, like, cause I, I, I'm trying to make the connection. Like, do I have anxiety? What am I anxious about? Yeah. And definitely, you know, being black in America, I have a black son. And I remember the other day, he's, you know, three, almost four. He had this little like little like play knife in his hand and he was like, Mommy, I'm gonna shoot you. Oh and I like I said, uh uh-uh, uh, no. First of all, you don't talk to me like that, number one. Right. You know, you go to school with your little friends and that's why you think it's okay to say that. But it, it gave me a like you you know, you can't say that because if you go somewhere and you say that out loud, you are a black boy. Right. You know, and then we went to the store and he wanted to get this gun and I was like, Absolutely not. Yeah, no. Like you you know, and I was like, like, it just, this feeling just flooded over me. Like, oh my gosh, no, like now I have to have the conversation mm. at three years old, four years old, why he can see his friend in our majority white neighborhood with a gun, like a play gun, but he can't have one. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that just like that feeling is just, ugh. Yeah. But also, is- I mean, I, I would just say like, don't give kids guns to play with. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Like, but like like a nerf even like a nerf, nerf gun, gun it, yeah. it, it looked it was like black so even though it's a nerf gun i don't care it's a black gun clearly somebody could a, a police officer could see you work was walking down the street with that to go play nerf gun war with your friends mm-hmm. and then think you know what i'm saying so it just it makes me so sad that like that's the reality of where we live it is yeah in, in this day and age it is my my dad gave my son um a play gun and when I like, it was like left on my doorstep or something like that. And when I got it and I looked at it and I was like, hold up. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I had this. So I told my dad, I was like, okay. He was like, oh, but it's a toy gun. I said, yeah, it didn't, but it only had this little orange, like thin strip mm. at the, at the, the tip of it. But right. back in the day. I remember like play guns looked like guns. Yeah. They were all black. Yeah. They were all black. And, yeah. and from a from from afar, not even from afar, from like close up, it was like, oh what like what what mm-hmm. you playing with? But I had to I had to sit my son down. And by that point, I think he was seven or eight. 
And I was like, you ain't playing with no gun, number one. I mean, Nerf guns are like, you know, they're orange and purple and, right. you know, and they don't look really like, they look, look more so like super soakers, at least from what I remember. Um, yeah. But this particular gun, you had to sit him down. And I was like, I'm throwing this away. Like, I'm throwing this out. Like, I don't, I personally don't want another kid to play with this, but also... I'm like, you can't even be in the front yard with this. Not with that little orange strip. Like, people going to, yep. like, we got to live in a white neighborhood. These people going to be like, oh, my God, there's a black kid running yeah. r- running around these this yard with a gun. So, yeah, I had to, I had to dead that. Um, but, you know, as I sit here and drink my coffee, <laughs> I'm realizing that I probably shouldn't be drinking <laughs> as much coffee as I had, as I did today, because there are, there are some factors that um, all of us can take to, to, basically decrease our anxiety. So unlike me, you should quit drinking caffeinated beverages. <laughs> and I don't that really- That makes it worse. Oh, wait, just because the jumpiness? Yeah, yeah. Because caffeine oh, is a stimulant. And um, if you, I mean, it, it's it's not a, a hard way to kind of think of this, but like anything that's a stimulant. So like, even if you think about, you know, illicit drugs like cocaine, meth, speed, um, Adderall, we, uh, some people abuse Adderall, but like really you shouldn't, but Adderall is a, is a prescription medication. Um, okay. th- it's a stimulant. Like Adderall is literally like amphetamine is in the name of Adderall of the, you know, like the actual like generic version. So anything that's a stimulant can, can worsen anxiety. One of the ways that I have always found to keep my anxiety at bay, and this was even before I knew I had anxiety, I just really, really liked being active and like being on sports teams and working out is just to be physically active. Like being physically active helps my mood. It helps my anxiety. It just, it just, it helps to kind of keep the chemicals in your brain that bring about like relaxation. It helps to keep those at a higher level. So, um, so make sure you're physically active. If you know, if you suspect you have anxiety or, you know, you definitely have anxiety, make sure now this is important. This is something I ask my patients every time I see them. I'm like, yo, how Mm -hmm. do you sleep? How are you sleeping? What time do you get in bed? Mm -hmm. What time do you fall asleep? Do you wake up in the middle of the night? What time do you wake up in the morning? Because if you, if you're anxious, chances are you're going to have a hard time sleeping that night. And if you don't sleep mm. that night, chances are you're going to be anxious the next day. And it's going to keep like mm. go, like feeding into each other. Um, so okay. sleep is really important. I used to never have a TV in my bedroom. I do now, but mm-hmm. I can fall asleep like I could fall asleep right now, really, if, <laughs> if, if, if I wanted to. But make sure that make sure all of y'all out there, make sure you you're you are getting proper sleep. And for some people, that's six hours, but honestly, like get more like seven, eight hours of sleep. And just make sure that you're not like eating badly. Like eat like eat healthy food. Like yeah. listen, I got back on my healthy eating kit because girl, the pandemic, I was eating all kinds of dumb shit. Um, mm. but I started I mean, eating. I'm still eating it. Lord help me, Jesus. <laughs> there is, listen, there is this kale salad at Whole Foods in the, like when Whole Foods used to have the buffet, they probably still have it now, but I know COVID took a they lot do, of They do, girl. They do. I saw it. This kale salad at Whole Foods, it is so easy. Oh my God. It is, it is so good. And I've been eating that for days. I mean, like smashing on the salad. So make sure that you eat healthy foods. Make sure you eat real food. Like, because, and I say that because- I mentioned stimulants. Sugar can be a stimulant, especially if it's a simple sugar and you don't want to crash. And when you crash, you feel down. When you feel down, you can feel kind of like, oh, what's happening? And that can kind of bring about anxiety. So, and then at the end of the day, like if you really, really are like, yo, I cannot manage this on my own, go find help. Like go like at the very least journal, start with journaling, but also try to make an appointment to see a therapist and or see a psychiatrist. Um, at the very least, um, I know that family practitioners or primary care doctors can also start you um, on a medication for anxiety. So, you know, just just do what you can. But if it gets too great, um, seek out help. And like like yeah. I did, um, like Meg did, like all of us did. Well, not all of us, but the majority of us. Okay, some of us. <laughs> uh, but seek out help and you'll definitely be better for it. 
Um, I know that I am. Yeah, and it's it's not weak. I think sometimes, yeah, especially in a black community, it's like, oh, if you got to get help, that's like, you're like weak. Especially for men, I'm sure they think like yeah. getting help is weak. But the truth is, to di- you're going to have to like dig deep. Like, what is this anxiety? Where does it stem from in my life? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to go back and, and dig up hurts. Like, that's not for the weak. Mm-hmm. No, you know it's not. I mean? Like, only s- strong people do that. So- I just think it's important to say that it's this is not a weak thing to get help. It's it's for strong people who want to do better in life and want their quality of life to be better, which makes you a strong, amazing person. Yes. You know what, Meg? Good. Yes. Th- that's, that's an excellent point. Yes. And I used to, I don't know if I necessarily told myself that I was weak, but I was just like, well, in a, in a way, like- You'll be all right. Like, just go right, go right, right. run three miles or go, you <laughs> right. know, watch a show or go to sleep. Or and I was doing everything to avoid doing the work. But when it comes yeah. to stuff like this, you you gotta do the work. And for the uh, for the amount of work that I the amount of work that I put in pales in comparison to how much time I spent running away from my problem. So you you just gotta put in the work. I promise you the work is not going to be as great as you trying to avoid it, honestly. So that being said, I'm like, I'm like, I feel a little anxious right now. But, (laughs) but, but, but I'm glad we got to talk about anxiety. You know, I hope that you guys have a better understanding about what it is, and why it's useful sometimes, but other times, the majority of times, it's not really that useful as far as like what we encounter on a daily basis. So That being said, that's all the time we have for our deep dive conversation today on anxiety. Meg, thank you always for being my co-pilot. I want to switch gears now and get to my favorite segment of the show. Yeah, I want to switch gears and get to my favorite segment of the show, Pop Culture Diagnosis. Your home is your place of peace. It's clean. It's welcoming. (sighs) And it's definitely not crawling with invading insects if you use Ortho Home Defense Max. Use it indoors on non-porous surfaces to treat and prevent cockroaches, spiders, and ants for up to 12 months. So your home can stay your place of peace, your work-from-home office, and your family's headquarters. Kill bugs inside, keep bugs outside, and love your home. Visit ortho.com for more. Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Pop Culture Diagnosis is a segment where we take a person or a character from a TV show or movie and assess their mental state. So I love Pop Culture Diagnosis. Like, I've been doing this my whole life. Even before (laughs) I became a psychiatrist, like, I was always... I used to read a lot, and I always liked to... You know, you, you read like a book in English class in high school and then you'd have to like do essay questions. I used to love doing that because I'm just weird and a nerd. But I used to love getting into like the character's motivation. So I w- I pop culture diagnose whether y'all want me to or not. So I just, I just want to say that. Um, this week's diagnosis was given to us by one of our dope listeners, Sherry. And she wants us to chat about Carlton from the show Bel Air. Meg, can you give listeners a quick synopsis of Bel Air before we break down Carlton's character? 
Yes. Okay, so Bel Air is the reboot of the classic 90s sitcom Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which honestly is probably one of my most favorite series. So much so that back in the day, I started a group on Facebook that was like fans of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Girl. Girl, it was on, and mind you, I was like in college, so I wasn't little, right? I wasn't right. Little. But it was, and I think it might have only been like a, like it got up to, I think, like a hundred people. And I was like, oh, yeah. No, that's I don't a lot. know what happened with that. I don't know what happened with the group, girl. I don't know why I stopped being in it, but I did start a group on Facebook. So if it's there, y'all in the group, hey, hope y'all having a great time. I'm not there anymore looking at it. But, um, but I love that show. And so it's great that, uh, that this show, that Peacock brought it back. In the show, if you remember, the old Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is a comedy sitcom, but the new one, uh, Bel-Air, the reboot, is more of a like a drama, and it's it's got a different feel of like real issues that have happened with them. Like, you remember the one episode with Will and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where his dad- Girl, like, he was talking about his dad. listen. Yes, that's like the- <laughs> When Ben Vereen Everybody. came on, Ben Vereen was his dad. Yes. Girl, I cried. I was like, I was like, <laughs> he was like, why don't he want me to- Right. To, to Uncle Phil? And I was like, oh my God. I was like, well, I feel that and shit. That was such a, yeah. And that was like so different for that show because every that show was just always funny and light. Mm-hmm. So when they had that topic on, I was like, oh, this is real. And this is what a lot of black kids who are watching the show, this is exactly what they're going through. Well, this reboot is kind of the same thing, that same feeling of like real issues. You've got, you know, you've got Ashley dealing with like social media and what it means to be a black girl on social media. Then you've got Will, you know, a kid from the projects moving out here with his family. He dealt with some like gun violence stuff. Then you've got, you know, Ashley dealing with being a member of the LGBTQ committee in a black family, you know, young. And then, of course, you've got uh, Carlton, who in the original version of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he's like... Like the goofy, you know, dweeb, harmless. But in this new version of Bel Air, he's like the cool guy at Bel Air Academy. And so it, he has issues with with Will from the get-go because now Will is like for real a cool guy coming to his school. Right. So uh, as far as the new series, what would you say is Carlton's diagnosis? Okay, listen. So <laughs> I, I just want to say whoever produced this this iteration of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is obviously known as Bel-Air. Y'all did a really good job because mm-hmm. I remember, do you remember um, on like Instagram, um, on social media, like the whole idea came about because someone did a dramatized like version. Right. Not of the entire show, but like they did like a dramatized version of the intro yeah. to Bel-Air, to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I was like, damn, that actually would work as a drama. So yeah. I thought it was like, I-, I thought this show was great. Um, All right, let's get into Carlton. First of all, <sighs> Carlton got on my nerves, but Carlton got on my <laughs> nerves because he was like, he was super petty and like really jealous. Do you remember like yeah. the first episode when like uh, there was the party for Uncle Phil and there was the mm-hmm. girl that Will was chatting up and it turned out to be Carlton's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And Carlton got, he was just like, ugh, ugh. and I was like, Carlton, you are such a hater. My God, like that ain't even your girl <laughs> no more. So that was number one. Number two is, and this is you right. know, outside of me providing like a psychiatric diagnosis. When they were on the locker room and then the white dude was like, said nigger, said the N word. Yeah. And Will was like, excuse you. And Carlton was like, and then Carlton really fixed his mouth to say, what's the big deal? Black people say it all the time. I was like, you need to be slapped. Okay. Yeah. Like I have had it. I've had it with you and this foolishness. But then of course, I do remember the Fresh Prince episode where the whole issue of drug abuse came into play, like the original episode. And Carlton at that point, I believe was using like Adderall. He was like abusing Adderall on the show. I think in this iteration in Bel Air, Carlton has no surprise, really bad anxiety. I would go on to say that Carlton has generalized anxiety. And I believe at one point during the show, we we see Carlton having like a, a panic attack. So yeah. at one point, and this is like, girl, this might be the first second episode. Carlton is like, he's snoring coke. 
He out here like I was like, God damn! I was like, damn, Carlton. I was too. like, dang, right? Like, uh, he snorted coke, you know, because the original, original Carlton would never, oh, would never, girl. <laughs> oh no, no, he had to be able to do his little Carlton dance. Like he can't. You don't want right. to do that on coke. That's 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 right. too much stimulation. So but 2022 Carlton is on that thing. 2022 Carlton is on some <laughs> shit. Okay. And so this Carlton, he's sm- he doing coke. He, uh, and he has to take, uh, I believe it's Xanax for his anxiety. And okay. so it's, you know, it, it was, I was just like, damn, y'all brought this up to speed. Like y'all brought this into 2022. Mm-hmm. Like what? Um, yeah. But basically to, to give a diagnosis, I definitely would say that aside from, being a uh aside from abusing cocaine carlton definitely has generalized anxiety disorder which i'm sure is brought about as we discussed him just being a black young man in in america but also just mm-hmm. all of the pressure that he feels being around his his other you know white students i'm sure his teachers his family is is very very well to do and his his father is in the show is running for da of la and there yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on plus carlton like this particular carlton is incredibly tiny I mean, I hate to say <laughs> he's just, really short. He's really yeah. short. Like he's so tiny. So, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna say that that plays into his his anxiety or panic disorder. But um yeah, but Carlson got a lot of stuff going on on on, on this iteration of the show. Um mm-hmm. so you know, that's that that's my diagnosis. But you know, Carlton, you gotta you gotta put that, you gotta lead him drugs along. Right, got lead them. It's a great show. If you haven't seen it, I mean, check it out. I mean, we didn't tell you a couple things. Sorry, but yeah. we ain't tell you all the stuff. So still watch it. It's yeah. on Peacock. Yeah, still watch <laughs> it. It was it was really really good. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. So that's it for pop culture diagnosis. We're gonna have another fun character to analyze as always next week. If you guys have suggestions for fictional characters out there that you want me to diagnose, hit me up on Twitter at doctor underscore Imani or email the show at hello at imanistateofmind.com. And again, if you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast apps. Thank you as always for listening to Imani State of Mind. Thank you, Meg, as always, for co-hosting. And we'll be back for an all-new episode to get our minds right next week. This is a Crooked Media production. Our executive producer is Sandy Gerard. Our producer is Leslie Martin. Music from Vasilis Fotopoulos. Edited by Veronica Simonetti. And special thanks to Brandon Williams, Gabby Leverett, Milani Johnson, and Martin DeGroat for promotional support.